and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, 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 boom goes the dynamite, dynamite, boom. And boom goes the Welcome to episode 109 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, uh, it's been a week for the world, man. It certainly has, but uh, most importantly, I would like to uh, start off this podcast with a traditional handshake. So I'm going to shake your hand. We're shaking hands before the, uh, the podcast starts, and we will shake hands at the end of the podcast as well yes we will we, we will indeed uh so, yeah jeff we could it was a slow news week so we don't have to worry about talking about anything like that so we can oh, just get yeah. straight to wrestling right right yeah nothing nothing happened at nothing all. else happened in the world at all in the week since we've recorded so that's right so we're just gonna move into tonight's episode of aew dynamite live from daly's place in jacksonville florida your host jim ross tony Schiavone, and excalibur and uh, we start off as we rarely do with uh, one Mr. Tony Khan in the ring. And boy, did he have an announcement. So I missed the first like about two to two and a half minutes of Tony Khan, of like the show proper. As did I. Oh, you, God damn it, Jeff. I I thought you, okay. So (laughs) we missed, we missed a a few of the the actual, the wording here, but uh, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. That's what it comes down. Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, folks. Uh, This is what I had predicted. So it's nice to be right. I like being correct. Uh, That was, this was one of the popular sort of uh, what did Tony do? Uh, It was either this, a streaming service or an NJPW show or some sort of combination of those three um events are kind of what people expected to happen i i, so, I had heard hbo max uh as as late as 3 p.m today yeah, which was, makes i mean I, i'm guessing that's because you know of turner and all that and, yeah. and those properties being related which just makes sense and it wouldn't surprise me if we end up seeing ring of honor on hbo max at some point like it would be i, I guess when tony starts shopping this tape library they're going to be one of the early destinations to hear a pitch Right. So boy, oh I'm boy. guessing it Ring of Honor's tape library is getting out there pretty soon. Uh, you know, all I got to say is, and, and Chris took this from our group chat and, and put it in uh, and put it on Twitter in, in the public. But all I got to say is remaster Joe versus Kobashi. Digitally remaster the Joe versus Kobashi. I, I would love to see. I mean, just even in a broader sense, remasters of Ring of Honor content in general. We'll see. How they do some of that digitization has not been good though. Like, so I'm a little bit on the fence about uh, remasters and things because of recent quality, just overall out there in the uh, in the medium. Fair, but uh, overall, this is great. Uh, I'm I'm really happy that this happened, Jeff. Uh, This is, I think, a good move for wrestling as a whole. Ring of Honor is a really important brand for professional wrestling, and I would say Tony Khan being the sole owner is uh, good hands, right? So far, so well, good with Tony Khan. You know what? It, it, it beats fucking Sinclair Broadcasting Group. I'll it tell you that. Certainly, much. it's a step. I mean, what's fucked up? And I know we've mentioned this before, but we do got to shout out Sinclair for doing the best pandemic work. Like they were probably the best at handling pandemic protocols. They were. They were. Uh, they I'll pay people credit. doing everything. Like they actually set a they set a model for how wrestling programs probably should have treated their talent throughout all that. So shout out for them. But also, they are psychos. So them not being around there anymore also not so bad. Um, so I, I have two points I got to make about this. Number one, um, so since there was a direct relationship between Ring of Honor and New Japan, as opposed to just like a handshake, you know, forbidden door deal with AEW, I wonder how that changes things. And then number so you're two, saying it's a bidden door? It, it may be. Yeah, the, the door may not be forbidden any longer. Is what I'm saying. It just be a regular door. It just just sort of now. like uh, yeah. what would the so uh, okay. 
it, when, I, when I envision a forbidden door, I think of like maybe it looks like a dungeon door. It's got like spikes and it's like, you know, it got big chains on it and right. like, you know, it looks really cool. What would the non forbidden? Is it just like a glass door, like a sliding sort of? Does it have a little sensor, like when you walk into like a that, grocery that, store? That's or? one way of looking at it. I'm thinking it's more like the door to the TARDIS. TARDIS door. Yes. Okay, so just even the right, re- even the regular door does have some sort of. It's got some panache. Yes, it's got some pizzazz to yeah, it. Yeah, it looks like the door to the TARDIS. From Dr. and I know the podcast listeners can't see this, but I am doing like a spirit finger jazz hand sort of thing when I say <laughs> panache, uh, and I will continue to do so. Um, but the, the the other thing I gotta mention is that um hey paul i think aew now has access to all in which well, we just talked about uh, about time about time so that seems good too they have obviously uh tons i know tony khan did put out a statement um and i will i'm not going to read the whole thing because it is pretty long but uh his quote ring of honor's influence on modern professional wrestling is etched permanently in the history books and this acquisition ensures that its legacy will be kept alive and treated with the utmost respect this deal adds thousands of hours of content to our rapidly growing library and creates new opportunities to expand our footprint on a national and global scale while having the potential to produce new content under the ring of honor banner i will immediately begin exploring opportunities to make ring of honor's video library available to fans who will have the opportunity to witness the beginnings of of the careers of some of AEW's biggest stars. So that right there, and I think Tony Khan did a really good job succinctly explaining the best reason for him to acquire Ring of Honor and that it's he has an extensive tape library featuring a ton of his existing talent. And, and not to mention the unofficial first AEW show was, you know. Yeah, no, and All In's a big get. I, I think All In is a big get, but I think that is like the huge thing because now you have a foundation and you can say, here are the history of these people. And, you know, our promotion isn't very old, but now they have something else they sort of rival New York with, right? With having a historical archive that uh, they can use to attract fans. You know, it, it still kicks my ass that the 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 suburb that I my formative years were spent in, where where I, I graduated high school from, and where I now live again, is where AEW was basically born. You know, it's sacred ground for professional wrestling now, basically. Hoffman Estate, and, and it's also where one of the greatest angles ever took place with Matt Cardona and Frank the Clown and John Moxley at in gcw too oh yeah it is all good stuff oh um, my god hoffman estates but, became the the nexus point of all wrestling but who, who knew <laughs> shout out hoffman estates lovely this time of year but yeah so we, we got to move on there's a lot to get to here but overall you're happy with the ring of honor purchase ring of honor good yeah ring of honor aew good i, I say good i, I think so uh, now I, I i'm I, i'm somehow positive now that roh is going to be another feeder league for AEW in some respects, well, but also, I'm, I'm interested to see, I guess, how they do that, right? Like how they move forward. You know, Tony Khan did a mention in that statement that, you know, they have the opportunity to present stuff under the ring of honor banner. So we'll see how they present new content. Uh, so let's, let's make one quick poll, just a baseless prediction before we move past this, Jeff, uh, who wins that ring of honor belt from Jonathan Gresham? Well, aren't they doing a unification match between Gresham and bandito at Supercard of honor? They could be. Um, we'll I see what happens with Supercard of Honor now. But I mean, yeah, they're... Th- but here's the thing, though, is that Cubs fan pointed out, like, all of Ring of Honor's contracts expired yesterday. Yeah, which makes sense. That makes yeah. sense that they would do that after so they can kind of work out their own thing. He wasn't buying the talent. He was buying the brand. Yeah. So, yeah. It, but, I, I mean, Jonathan Gresham has that belt, so I'm. Well, he's been backstage does, at Dynamite, as, right? As so. does Bandito. So. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I would expect I would expect Gresham to be the guy to bring the belt to AEW just because he's Georgia-based. It's easier for travel and stuff. Uh, True. I would say Gresh loses that belt to Brian. I think it's Brian Danielson. I think Brian gets that belt. Wow. Okay. It's a good way to keep the AEW, keep him away from the AEW title while still keeping him major. Okay. Wow. That's uh And okay. it brings that Ring of Honor belt up to prominence. It's not a, you know, let's 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 if we're gonna make that that brand mean something, that's the way to do it. Well, let's see what happens. Now, let's just hope it doesn't end up how WCW did uh, when, Vince, when Vince bought it. But, you know. I don't know. Well, I mean, if David Arquette wins the Ring of Honor belt, I'll be super down for that. So, you know, at this stage, so would I, honestly. <laughs> David Arquette can wrestle. Uh, on that note, we see uh, we 
uh, Tony Khan reminds us of the very first main event in Ring of Honor, which featured Brian Danielson and the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, and that is our first match of the evening. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus fallen angel Christopher Daniels. Uh, this was a good match, but boy, was I just distracted by that announcement. Because <laughs> it was... That was all the conversation was. And yet, here was this fine match on the TV and we were like only half paying attention to it, you know? Right. I was enjoying it a lot because I mean, this is the kind of, I was trying to watch for like how much of a Ring of Honor match they would make this and it felt like it. Like, I know it's been a while since I've really dove in on Ring of Honor content, but it did sort of feel like they were like, let's go have out and just have a quick throwback Ring of Honor match. And like, I loved like they traded real hard chops. It was really physical and uh, I really enjoyed the finish. So those are the things that uh, I did pay attention to. It, 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 oh, it was a great finish. Oh, and Christopher Daniels still being able to do that uh, that sit out uh, springboard moonsault is just incredible. Oh, the, the Arabian. He even got up and like looked yeah. at the camera and was like, "I'm 51 years old. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe that. It's fucking crazy, Chris. Yeah, that was that was something fantastic. But good that, match. And I, the, I, uh, I'm gonna have to, go, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the match when I'm not like my head. I do think it's spinning. a rewatch worthy match. Yeah, I think right, that would be but, like. I, it's like a nice one to go back on and go, oh, okay, yeah. And I think of all, like, and I don't I don't rewatch a lot of modern wrestling, Jeff. Like, I don't go back and watch a lot of stuff I just saw. Like, I try to watch, like, older wrestling if I'm going to watch like that. But I will rewatch Brian Danielson AEW matches. I think they're, I think every Brian Danielson match so far has been worthy of a second or third viewing. I, I've only. Including this one. I, I've only done one rewatch of a Danielson and AEW match, and you probably can guess which one it is. Uh, no, tell me, uh, Suzuki. Yeah, that makes because sense. I watched I, because yeah. it, it, well, the only reason was I watched it live, but my honey was not available to watch it. So when she was, we watched it together. So, you know, it's one of those things like if you like you, you caught up on a show and then you have to rewatch the episodes of that show, but you're OK because the show was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah which yeah. happens only all the time. Uh, Post match, uh, Danielson big ups Daniels. Uh, does the uh, the handshake and then kicks his head in because that's Brian Danielson for you. Uh, we then get John Moxley out to say some things and say he's he's forging a new path and it's going to go right through Brian Danielson. This and- one was really interesting for me from Mox because like it had some like real New York sort of notes to it, like that sort of like um, WWE over the topness that this kind of feud doesn't need but then it also had that like real focused like moxley i'm gonna kick this guy's ass that like we have grown to really love and 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 respect from like this aew john moxley yeah so it was like it was weird like it was a little bit wordy for me but i'm super into this and that match is gonna fucking rule so who cares yeah so yeah i'm really looking forward to that match oh Uh, man we we we, the violence it's gonna be like like we're gonna get to revolution predictions but it's gonna be like already shaping up to be such a violent show and the prospect of that really uh has me excited and there's no shortage of violence on this episode of dynamite yeah well you know uh no there wasn't uh we then go backstage for uh steve stinger and darby allen and i gotta be honest i wasn't even paying attention to this promo. oh Sting was like, um, uh, my son can wrestle and he's going to, he's going to be good at wrestling. And uh, Darby was like, my dad says I'm good at wrestling and I'm going to make him proud. Uh, and, and, uh, basically it was like a deal. It was like a double hype deal. So he had to hype up this, uh, thing that they had tonight. Plus the thing that they have at rampage, plus the thing that's going on at revolution. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So I they guess. have a they have a TNT title match at Revolution, but also there's a six man tag at, Revol- uh, at Revolution. So um, you have a three way title match at Rampage. This is all very confusing. There's a three way title match at Rampage, right? And it's uh, Darby and it's Sammy and it's Andrade. Yes. But then you have a six man at Revolution that's Darby and Sammy and Steve Stinger against Andrade. And uh, private party, uh, no, I think. Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. So they they talked about all that, yeah. So, <laughs> they, long story short, Jeff, yeah. <laughs> let me let me sum this up to you very succinctly. <laughs> I'm all about brevity. <laughs> if there's anything that people know about me, it's that uh, I'm, I'm very uh, brief, yes. Uh, <clears throat> no comment, uh. 
I think I just I think I just pop Paul here. <laughs> no our, comment. Our second match of the evening, the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale, starting off with uh, FTR and holy shit, it's Darius Martin. Ooh, Airwolf baby, Tom Flight's oh. back. Woo! No, I pop. I legit I like no, let I out didn't. an audible woo, and I was like, woo! <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I was like, Darius, holy so. shit. He looks great. He's bulked up a little bit. Um, I was very excited to see if he could hang. And uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. Darius can still hang. Oh, boy. <laughs> no problems there. Oh, boy, did he hang. Uh, at one point, uh, uh, the acclaim come out. And, yeah, I pop for the Glenn Jacobs tweets uh, line. Very good. I love the I Just the whole concept of Max Caster doing an entire rap when there's a battle royale going on. I think it's fantastic. Uh, he was uh, like, no, no, no. I, I know that there's this whole thing, but like, you guys are gonna give me a second because I got I got a couple bars to. I'm gonna do the the. Uh, I'm gonna say this stuff. Um, but, yeah. Um, Maki Ito, <laughs> Maki Ito sang her theme during an AEW battle royale, and it was also amazing. It yeah. was, wasn't it? Was it? Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> she and went again, for it. It rocked. <laughs> now, uh, that's a team. The, the acclaimed and Maki Ito is is a dream team. Surprise! That's a dream team. <laughs> Could you see that? Just them just going around being mean to people. Oh god, yeah. Well, while Maki demands that she's the cutest in the world because she is. Max Caster really. versus Maki Ito for cutest in the world is a very uh, strong rivalry. You know what? I think there's you a know lot. What? We can I do. think there's something there. I think there's, there's definitely something, something there. there. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. The acclaimed is part of the 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 Ito respect army with Chris Brooks. I think. Oh yeah, yes. I love this. There we go. Now we're onto something. There we go. This match had so many guys, Jeff. This there had, were um, there were so many guys. I learned something during this match that I did not know, which was What'd apparently you learn? Uh, apparently every time I die imploded back in January because I guess the singer threw a fit and oh you uh, didn't know about any of this i did not know it about oh yeah no i know all i i know all about this yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, uh yeah unfortunately every time i die i did break up so r.i.p eated but i guess if you are a wrestling fan at least you know that andy is gonna be around on your tv a bunch um he looks good yeah he does well i mean he doesn't have to worry about being in the band anymore so he can just devote himself to wrestling um i did like the fact that this one did continue feuds and storylines from last week from last week's battle royale so i thought that was kind of nice yeah it was uh i mean it was okay so busy again just so many dudes it was like if you thought last week was busy let's add five more teams like instead of doing 20 guys let's do 30 guys i mean it was a i mean yeah it was a it was a two segment you know two picture in picture segment match Um, there was at one point like there was like a a bunch of people, like a streak of people getting eliminated. And I was like, okay, this is the part where all the teams are in. I'm like, now we're going to start. And I like, it happened for a while. And all of a sudden another team came in. I was like, what the fuck? How many teams? And I was like, how there are, are this, there are this many tag teams in AEW. Uh, there was no chaos project. I was very sad about that. Um, um, yeah. After the young bucks came in, I figured, okay, this has got to be it. Oh no. And there were like three more teams after them. There were a bunch of teams. No Briscoes. A lot of people were expecting Briscoes. No Briscoes, unfortunately. Um, there was a couple of decent spots. Bear Country got wildly disrespected. Yes, that was they unfortunate. Did. They they, did. they were in and out. They were one of the shortest uh, uh, stints in the ring. Uh, the, Gun Club got no love. Yeah, the, 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 the Ass Boys got yeeted pretty much immediately. Yeah, Ass Boys. Ab- Speaking of yeeted, uh, Vlan Vlangels got yeeted. Did you see <laughs> number five did. go just... Yeah, number five got set for the ride. Uh, there was so yeah, there was some stuff to like in this one. Mostly, this was the welcome back Top Flight show, and it was a way to give Top Flight a rub while still advancing the other storyline yeah. that's going on. Um, there. I, I have a couple other notes here. Uh, Brock Arnson, not a ring general because. He should have just clobbered fucking Matt Jackson while he was on the outside, and he just stood there. It's like, you stupid son of a bitch. No, hey, it's okay. Brock Anderson is learning. He's either 19 or 48, so, like, who knows? <laughs> hey, I'm 40. You could tell me he's uh, he's Arn's brother, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, love the random Danhausen bit. I, I, I that is becoming yes. one of my favorite bits in AEW right now. Just Danhausen just suddenly appearing, and, and, and the curse works because everybody's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's the power of the curse. Is it's not that he's actually cursing you. It's just that everybody's just like in shock, like, "What the hell?" <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was really fun. And then Trent giving him the Trent made sure to get his attention. It was like, Dan Housen. Hey, thanks, man. And give him a little, <laughs> little thumbs up fist bump. Uh, I actively booed when Santana Ortiz got eliminated. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> uh, a lot of people expected them to win, which I did not. I thought I figured the Bucks would be uh, victorious. It's cool. That the Bucks got two chances to get in here. Yeah, and, and but you know match. that's the thing is that we we all knew that it was gonna you know once Red Dragon won it last week we knew oh yeah the Bucks are gonna be in this you know it, it, they're they're gonna yeah. win this one but my God did Darius Martin look fucking good Darius looked great uh, Dante was eliminated Darius was in there by himself. Uh, he was down to the last two with Matt Jackson and uh, comes up short, but really, really impressive showing. Very excited to see Top Flight back in the tag team division. I expect them to get those tag team belts at some point. And I think that's why they were featured so prominently in this match, because I would think they probably hold these belts in 2022. Yeah, that's, that, that's, I'm going I'm I'm to predict that right now. Yeah, you know they, what? I'll they, say it right now. Top Flight gets the belts in 2022. Yeah, they, they definitely had to you know, reintroduce. They, they pretty much had to reintroduce them. Right, I mean, because people have really uh, identified with Darius as a singles, or I'm sorry, with Dante, rather, as a singles wrestler, I think, right? Like, people have now, uh, he's really over with the fans, so now to kind of fit him back into that tag team mode, you have to bring in Darius big, and uh, he delivered. Yes, he did, but it is the Young Bucks in the end, and so uh, that match at Revolution will be Jurassic Express defending against both Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, so will they be able to coexist? Probably and not. they coexist yeah. somewhere. Shawn Michaels just smiling from ear to ear, <laughs> beaming. <laughs> uh, we go backstage and Chris Jericho is talking stuff about stuff as Chris Jericho does. And uh, yeah, no, he's the influencer. He has a vest when I, I'm going to say it, uh, you know, inner circles had some peaks and valleys, some highs, some lows, no matter what happens with the inner circle or what their legacy ends up being. Uh, objectively true fact, the inner circle, uh, MC cuts fucking rule. They're one of the coolest pieces of like wrestling faction gear, uh, ever. And all the, uh, they all look cool as hell wearing them. Um, Santana Ortiz kind of show up and they fist bump with Jericho. So, Hmm. Interesting. Mm, can they coexist? <laughs> uh, we didn't get, um, uh... CM Punk coming out, uh, continuing the serious bent of, of, of last week. And I'm not going to repeat everything, but it, was, it would take a very long time. It would to repeat everything. Yes, it would take. These a, are very wordy segments, but very, very, very effective. They were. And that includes MJF coming out and uh, no words were said by MJF, but a, a big hug to CM Punk. And it looks like, you know, maybe we, we finally reach a bridge of understanding here. And then he kicks him in the nuts. Yeah. I want everyone to know that as soon as Jeff started saying that, that I am doing the jacking off motion with my hand, uh, because like, if you thought for one second that there wasn't a rug pull coming here, that I have a monorail to sell you. I mean, I, I think we doesn't mean it isn't awesome it because coming. like, yeah, you have to know it's coming and it's, it was perfectly executed. And that's the most important thing with these things is like, how do you execute them? Right. And, I mean, MJF does it. He delivers it with the attitude. It's just all so believable and also brutal. Just so brutal and so fucking mean. Uh, uh, yeah, he he does hit him with the diamond ring, and CM Punk is gushing. You could. There was a shot when so uh, Spears hangs CM Punk up with the dog collar and like just like basically is like noosing him with the over the rope, and you could see like where CM got popped open. Like there were some spurts of blood, like popping out of his forehead on those close-ups. It was disgusting. Yeah. I mean, and we knew it was going to happen. They were both wearing white. I mean, you knew, you knew, you know, they are, the they are workers, you know, they're, they're, and, I mean, an incredibly work too. Uh, MJF pulls off his suit to reveal. He's wearing a t-shirt with the photo of young Maxwell and CM Punk on there. He covers it in CM Punk's blood. Uh, man, this is, I mean, if, if they wanted to, you know, e evoke Roddy Piper vibes, they've done it. And I, I oh, really, yeah, because do... this is, this totally is Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine that, that, that right. dog and, collar match, you know, but to, uh, to have really truly like dug into those emotions and not just faked it or put the facade of it and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. Not just for you to see that it's what they're doing, but for you to feel it 
is something very different. And this is a few that you can really tap into with your emotions. You, you, uh, you know that backstage, so Phil it, Brooks and Maxwell Friedman are just, they're they are planning this. Like, hey, you know what we should do here? Let's do this. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, you I, know I would assume that they're going to come out of this with uh, with a, probably an incredible respect and friendship for each other because they're about to, uh, they're about to share something uh, probably very violent and certainly very memorable. I would be shocked if this match doesn't get talked about for a number of years. Yeah, we, we will see. Uh, we go backstage, and uh, Keith Lee is there. And, um, yeah, here we here we go. It's Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. And, uh, I love Ricky Starks making fun of Keith Lee for being a dork. You know, <laughs> it's always it, fun you know, to it, me. It, I think it, it's great. You know, it, it brings up something, though, but I'm going to save that. I'm going to pocket this one for another promo. So, okay. Okay. So we'll save that. But no, because here's the thing: Keith Lee is a dork. Like, like we can't we can't just skirt over that. And I think to humanize Keith Lee in this way is very fun. Our third match of the evening: Thunder Rosa e Mercedes Martinez contra Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, DMD, and Jamie Hader. Um, you know, this was another good match. Um, Jim Ross can kiss my fucking ass with that is not petite bullshit i mean he's also not wrong Shoot, I, I, I wouldn't i, mean, I wouldn't it, describe it, jamie i also would not describe not, jamie Hader as petite yeah but you know why Look, you, you wouldn't say that about any of the, the you would not say that about any of he doesn't say that about any of the smaller men wrestlers that you know are smaller than jamie Hader. You know, well, he's not horny for them. He's horny for Jamie Hayter. Uh, I mean, let's be real about it. And so here's the thing. Should he be doing all that all the time? No. But like, is uh, uh, wanting Jamie Hayter to run you over with a bulldozer an identifiable feeling? Sure. Sure. I think we all want Jamie Hayter to kill us with construction equipment. Like, you know, and so. Paul, uh, <laughs> did, did you confuse this for therapy again? <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeff, it all. St- <sighs> I'm now reclined. <laughs> We're going to turn this into like a, the animation is getting worse and worse in our zoom meeting. And this is just gonna be Dr. Katz from here on out. <laughs> I'm going to say, do I have to put up a, a background on, on the, on our zoom meeting where I look like a Lucy? <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I need you to have like the, like the real squiggly lines around you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Thunder Rosa gets a direct pin on, Britt Baker. So congratulations, Britt Baker. You're winning at the pay-per-view, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was, you know, what's funny is uh, going into the tonight before this match happened, I was excited to talk about how I had finally probably come around to, to uh, Sunday being the day that Thunder Rosa finally like gets over that hump when Britt Baker loses the belt. Um, you know, I, for a long time, I was like, no, Britt's going to hold this belt probably all year. She's dominant. She has to stay dominant. But I was starting to finally think, eh, I think Rose is probably going to win this one. Nope, never mind. Kiss of death. Yep, there we go. Nope. Nope, you stand tall, you lose. So sorry about that one. Yep, that's that. Yep. So congratulations, Britt Baker. Yeah, congrats for Britt Baker for keeping the belt at Revolution. Uh, we then go backstage. Uh, Ty Conti uh, and Anna Jay are there. And uh, here come Jade Cargill and Smart Mark Sterling. And here's the thing I got to say. I am... So fucking done with the promo starting with one guy try, starting to talk and then immediately they get interrupted. It's like, fuck me. Just cut it to is the a fucking chase. Pretty you know? heavily leaned on device in AEW. It, it really is. I'll, I'll give you this. I think sometimes, and this is probably like a victim of them not having like at quite as rigorous quality control as like a, you know, like a Hollywood writer's room, you know, that, that has stuff that does you know, more continuity checks and stuff like that where, you know, your your promos aren't as rigorously scripted and there's more of a loose framework and stuff, I think what can happen is you start to lean on your uh, your tried-and-true devices a little too often. Yeah. And this is something that can happen in a lot of different mediums. I think that's probably, yeah, it does happen with AEW, and, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This and the um, coming out, like, to have an interview, but, like, the, there's no actual interview. Those are the two things I think they do. Right. Like where yeah, yeah. like Tony Schiavone will be in the ring and like he'll say like two words and the person will grab the mic and just speak the entire time. Yeah. You know what? You're, you're those are things right. that they like to do. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And yeah, I think, come on, we're we what year three into dynamite now. And come on. 
you know, do, do, yeah, do, I think it's important to keep that. Like, you got to remember you're presenting this every week. There's no seasons off. It's 52 weeks a year. Uh, people remember that stuff, right? People notice that. Yeah. So uh, get, get, get some new material folks. Uh, we then go uh-huh. to a Sammy Guevara cue card session where he talks about the three-way TNT, uh, TNT title match on rampage. And I went and got some dessert. So, you know, uh, so I didn't read the cue cards, but I'm just going to leave room for this. I'm going to say it right now. I kind of think Sammy's losing that belt at this rampage on Friday. You know what? It's entirely possible. Because I kind of think going into that, like face the revolution ladder match with a new champion is mm. uh, uh, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that champion being Andrade is also interesting and Sammy not getting pinned for it. Also interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Andrade we, we, we all know Darby that's Allen. Yeah. We all know that's the whole reason why you have a three way. So, or Andrade helping Darby win the belt. Yeah. To try to woo him away from Steve Stinger. Ooh, there's a, Oh, you know what? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I, I like there's a lot of, way, there's a lot of ways you could do that and uh, have like a little shocker because I think there's only going to be, uh, we'll, we'll get to this, but I think there's only going to be one title change at revolution. So mm. I think you have some room to do it a little bit before uh, we then get a, uh, a video uh, promo of Chris Statlander and Layla Hirsch, and uh, they will be on the buy-in portion of revolution. So, which, yeah, I, so I, which I guess is only fair because they their whole feud has been on dark and dark elevation. So I mean, yeah, and it's fine. I hope this isn't the blow off to the feud. I hope we get something a little bit bigger. Like I hope we get something on Dynamite or Rampage to really bring this home because I think they're both doing great work here, and I think just more eyes on is good. Like I think a um, a pre show for a feud blow off isn't the right spot. Mm, yeah, but again, when most of it has been happening on 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 the free YouTube shows, I mean, it kind of right. so that's what sense. I'm saying. If, yeah. if you use this as a spring, like if you give me a, a a real good match here that leads to something else on Dynamite, that's what I'd be into. Fair. Uh, our fourth match of the evening: Wardlow versus Cesar Bonone. Large men definitely were appearing. Large men match. have appeared. Shout out to Days of Thunder. Yeah, we we, we miss y'all as part of our stable here. You know, f- feel free to come back. Any- oh shit, the match is over. <laughs> yeah, match is over. A uh, few power bombs. Hey, we love Cesar Bononi here. Um, I also love that uh, Wardlow is now squashing large dudes. In addition to like little dudes, he's getting like increasingly bigger dudes that he's like kind of throwing around. This has been very fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, I love watching Wardlow slam people around. So I'm always in. Uh, He'll never get me to complain about this. And then Wardlow stops Sean Spears from, you know, stealing a spotlight once again. And they had a nice little nose to nose face to face and big credit to Sean Spears on the acting here. I thought Sean oh, was great in this spot. Undoubtedly. They had this like little intense spare down and then just Sean very subtly with the eyes did like a little bit of look away. Like his eyes kind of started shifting over to the side just a little bit and then just kind of slowly resigned away from Warlow. And I thought it was very well done. No, that was, that was very well done. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, we then get a, uh, a promo from the Kings of the Black Throne with Buddy Matthews now part of them. And yeah, Buddy's here. Uh, he needs to get some tattoos. There, I got to slap some like uh, hen, uh, henna on him. I was gonna say, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say slap some hentai on him, which is way better actually. Oh now God. that I'm, I'm now in on that. <laughs> hey, remember then they used to have Kip Sabian walk around the in the Ahigao face fucking sweatsuit? Oh Jesus, what happened to Kip Sabian? And who cares? I don't but... know. He's like walking around with a box over his head or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't I, I, like they put him at, I mean, I don't put him ringside him. with a box over his head once in a while, but then he just kind of doesn't do anything. I mean, I don't miss him at all, but you know, <laughs> you know, who does who um, nobody. Absolutely. I, don't, I don't even think his wife misses him. Now if he's on the road, like, yeah. ah, never mind. Uh, we then go backstage and uh, Wardlow uh, is with Sean Spears and MJF and MJF uh, tells him, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, if, if you win the face of the revolution ladder match and you win the title, I'll let you keep it. Cause you know, not that I'll you're let winning. you keep the belt. Yeah. Not that you're winning anyway. That's so good. And, and, and then uh, yeah. Wardlow finally re- claps back at him yeah wardlow says i'm too busy uh helping you win mjf promptly slaps wardlow right across his cheek says uh you don't work for aew you work for me you're not a professional wrestler you're my bodyguard don't get it twisted 
I'll put you and your family out on the streets. So, uh, so, so then we why know is this is in, blowing up. So then why is he in matches if he's not a wrestler? Why not? Bodyguards. I mean, matches, I mean, I mean, obviously Tony, I mean, yeah, Tony Khan's, you know, tacitly permitted. He's a, he's a prospect. Yeah. He's on a handshake deal like Cody was. Yeah. I, I'm sure we're going to see Tony Khan presenting a contract here soon. <laughs> Wardlow actually does wrestle for hot dogs and handshakes. Like, but it's just like a lot of hot dogs. Like he gets like a Nathan's like competition size pile of hot dogs per match. That's how you got to fuel those power bombs, brother. You, you, you know sure? how many hot dogs it takes? Do you know how many hot dogs it takes to fuel one single Wardlow powerbomb? Uh, you this sure? is why we're... Well, that's why he has to upgrade to Vienna beef, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is why it's so important to protect the environment so that we can continue to process enough beef for Wardlow to be able to do powerbombs. Our main event of the evening, Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, and Bobby Fish. I mean, this was the... the this was a prelude tag match to the main event of, of, of Revolution. I like that it was done this way. This is kind of a classic, like, uh, pay-per-view, go-home show type of match to have, right? Like, this is very, like, something you'd see, like, on TV in, like, the 80s or whatever. Like, you get a six-man tag. You get the two the two guys in the championship with, like, their cronies or their, their couple of homeboys or whatever. And you have them have a little tag so they can mix it up just a little bit to give the fans... Just a taste of what's coming up. And I think that's a fine device to, yeah. to have for a main event. But this was already such a busy event, like such a, sh- a show with so much going on. And you don't need to do a ton here to tell this story. Like we already kind of know like what's going on. All you had to do is sort of make it a little more personal. And that's exactly what they did. God, th- th- this was very busy. There's only five matches, but boy, was it a busy show. And one, busy of, the, and show. one of those was a eventful. Squash. And, and you know what? Uh, good. I think that, you know this is if you're going to have a great go home show. I think this is the way to do it. Like they made every storyline like like worthwhile, right? Like everything is something I want to see. Honestly, besides maybe the tag team stuff, the tag team title stuff doesn't really. Eh, I get what they're doing. It just doesn't particularly speak to me. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I'm like fully in on everything. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. This show, I I am like interested in, I, I'm in for most of the matches on this show, which is absolutely not always the case. Yeah. And, and with that, we, we end uh, this week's, oh, uh, Adam Cole gets the pin on Alex Reynolds and then they, you know. Well, it's, yeah. Well, then, we're going to skip over the actual bondage here, yeah, Jeff, which I by mean, the they, way. Yeah, all I gotta um, say is Toriano was probably fuming somewhere that his gimmick this was, was a, being uh, infringed on. I think a lot of people were fuming that you know weren't getting bonded, but uh, this was a bondage <laughs> heavy episode, Jeff. Like we had the the, the dog collar situation. Uh, Adam Page got duct taped uh, to the ropes here. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of dudes getting restrained. You, you, there was so much bondage uh, going uh, on. You think here. Depeche Mode was uh, the 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 music for this? <laughs> oh oh hey whoa. Yeah, Martin Gore might have a thing. <laughs> I feel like if I was doing some bondage stuff, I would listen to like The Prodigy. Ooh, I just, I don't know. there we I go. Yeah, okay, cool. okay. I don't, not to get not to uh, you know, I don't want not to be like Jr. and just get too horny on the podcast, but like I feel like The Prodigy might. You've be, already like, kind of got. Like I would there, get like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I would get like beat with a cat of nine tails to like Firestarter. I'd be into that. <laughs> Damn. All right, so. Uh... Oh my goodness! This is an eleven match show. Uh, wow! All told, busy even, cards. So that yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do some predictions here before we get out of here, right, Jeff? Yes, we are. Yeah, right now, as a matter of fact. Wow. Um, uh, okay, we'll start off with the two buy-in matches. With uh, no guarantees, I'm actually gonna be able to watch either of these matches. But uh, we have a uh, Hook versus QT Marshall. Oh, Hook is definitely squashed. Oh, who's gonna win that match? Gee, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Well, I think it's. I wish Hook was on the pay per view proper, but it's good that they're getting eyes on Hook. Uh, yeah, obviously Hook beats QT Marshall in less than four minutes. Yeah. Uh we have Chris Antlander versus Legit Layla Hirsch. I'm gonna take Stat in this one. I'm sorry, no. I take that back. I'm going to take Layla Hirsch in this one on the hopes that this feud continues. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um, now I don't know. Are you what... going to make a prediction? Oh shit. Um, yeah, I'll take Layla Hirsch. Okay. I'll take Layla Hirsch on that one. Um, okay. So I don't know what the match order is going to be. I'm just going by what, uh, I, I had this, uh, in front of me on Wikipedia. So I'm just going, uh, by their match order. Who knows what the actual okay. match will yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Um, we have uh, Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti for the TBS championship. Uh, I, th- I don't think they're going to have 
Jade drop it just yet. No, the time is certainly not now. I think it's going to be Jade's most competitive match. I think it's going to be the biggest she's the deepest. I was going to say the biggest she's had <laughs> the deepest she's had to dig to date to beat Ty Conti, but ultimately uh, she overcomes Gimme Jade. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Jade. Uh, Darby Allen, Steve Stinger, and Sammy Guevara versus Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. So uh, this one is kind of interesting because, again, I expect, let's say, all right, let's say Darby Allen's the champion on this match. Okay. I'm giving it to um I'm going to give it to the non-champions. I'm going to give it to Andrade and Gang because I think Darby then returns the favor. Right? Yeah. That's where you get the Darby turns on Sting. So, I mean, if we're going to have this like six-man tag at a pay-per-view, like we're going to need a significant story development. Yeah. So, Darby oh, and turning... by the way, and by the way, this is a tornado elimination match, which I don't think you can do a tornado elimination match, but whatever. Well, um, we're going to try. Yeah. Yeah. They, they... So, give me the uh give me AHFO. Yeah, yeah, I think the heels win this one too. Um Next up for the uh, three-way match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly versus the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, I think Jurassic Express has to retain on this one. I disagree. I think Red Dragon gets these belts. Really? You think Jurassic Express is going to have that short of a title reign? Yeah, I don't even know if they were supposed to have these belts in the first place, and I think they're transitional champions. I don't think anybody cares about them being champions, and I think the uh, they're only they only exist to move these belts over to the elite Red Dragon storyline. Mm. So uh, give me Red Dragon. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jurassic Express retains because no. because because Red Dragon and the Bucks won't you know they'll, they'll, they're gonna fuck each other up. Okay, but alternatively, one of them could you know Red Dragon. Or the Bucks could pin the other, and you know, therefore, therefore, you know, because we all know the, the only reason why you have a three-way match is so the champion doesn't actually have to do the job. So, uh, mm, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's my analysis. Is uh, uh? Uh, uh, American Dragon Brian Danielson versus uh, the uh, international purveyor of violence John Moxley. This is the match I am second most pumped for on this card. Uh, it's very close. I think that my top my top two on this card are kind of 1A and 1B, basically. Um, I can't fucking wait for this match. I think it's going to absolutely whip, and I think it's going to be a match of the year contender. That being said, uh, Brian's already lost once, and once is enough. Give me the American Dragon over John Moxley. Really? Because I'm going to say uh, I, this is the match I am looking forward to the most, and I'm going to say that I think it's Moxley because he, he needs to have a, a big victory after, you know, what he's been through. They're going to, they're going to give him. I, see, I don't think so because I think Mox is turning heel. So. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I, I do. don't know about that. I think that was the original plan and I think they're going to get back to it. Mm, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I mean, we still have this, you know, that, you know, we still have this dragon gun thing uh, that we're waiting for. Right. So, yeah. I, I, so I think all of that is all more interesting and, and you have a more of a story to tell if Mox loses this match here. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. I think Jericho does business and uh, Kingston finally gets a uh, big win on a pay-per-view. I totally agree here. I think that's why this match exists. And I, you know, Fozzie's going on tour soon. Uh, Inner circles imploding. I think uh, Santana and Ortiz will have something to do with the outcome of this match. I think they will affect it in one way or another, but yeah, give me Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I think so. You know, because he he really should have gotten the rub after the uh, after you know one of the greatest ad libs in, in wrestling history, which you yeah, know, he got a bunch of t shirt sales. And yeah, I saw I, I watched that Warrior Chicago show, and I saw at least three of them in the crowd. So I know he's selling those shirts. Yeah. So, uh, we have the face of the revolution ladder match: uh, Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Orange Cassidy versus. Uh, the winner of Ethan Page versus Christian Cage on Rampage on Friday versus a TBD wrestler. Who who, who do you think the TBD wrestler is going to be? Ah, uh, that is a really tough call. A debut 
feels like it's something that would make sense. I know that there's a lot of names out there and a lot of gettable people, a lot of expired Ring of Honor contracts. And now bringing in somebody from Ring of Honor. You know what? Let's just say John Gresham. Let's just do that. Let's say John Gresham. Okay. I was going to say another John. Oh, which John? Uh, Gargano. Oh. Because okay. I think that baby yeah. has been born. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, will, I know he just tweeted the other day about wanting to be like opting to be a free agent. So. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, yeah, let's just say Gresham and uh, my winner. I'm going to say Keith Lee. Yeah, after all, I mean, really, he's the only one that's been. Well, OK, him and Wardlow, I guess, have been kind of pushed in this. So, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be Keith Lee, too. Yeah, it just makes the most sense. And I or, feel like or uh, it'll be this TBD wrestler, because that's usually kind of what they do, too. <laughs> yeah, a TBD is, is one thing. But I feel like getting Keith Lee on a path to a title is like where they're at right now. So. Uh, he gets this win. He starts chasing whoever the TNT champion is on Sunday. CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. This is my number one match on the card, Jeff. This is the one for me. I think this uh, feud. It's again. It's 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 the emotion. It's so personal. It's so real. It's so it's beyond wrestling to me that this is entertainment. Uh, uh, just past uh, professional wrestling. Again, I think this is something that we're going to talk about for a really, really, really long time. I think it's a defining feud of all elite wrestling as a whole and pretty amazing one of cm punk's defining feuds now and in in what a long career he's had um all that being said give me max it's mjf really? i'm gonna this say what he's here for i'm gonna say punk oh wow he i mean okay. mj i mean he already did business for mjf he he, he, get, he did i think doing business is what did, this is all about and he did business in chicago for mjf so yeah i, I think, think i think cm punk's here to do business well, I, I think I think he and MJF is like the guy you do business to because he's the few. I mean, if, if you don't think that MJF's the future of this promotion by now, you're not paying attention. Well, I didn't. OK, I, I didn't say that. I, I, I didn't. I'm not saying to you. I'm saying broadly, like generally, yeah. like if you can't if, like if you can't see MJF for what he is by this point, like I'm not really sure what you're watching. The kid's got it all. Well, I still think it's going to be punk in this one. So. Okay, but we'll see. Uh, we then have Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, DMD versus Thunder Rosa in the uh, AEW Women's World Championship. Now there has been some discussion that this might actually top the pay per view. Very interesting. Uh, I don't expect that to happen. I would expect the the the, the Adams to be your main event. But, I, I, uh, I you do can make too, a case for it. Boy, if if it did, holy shit! You can make a case for it, especially if you know the plan were for Rosa to win that belt. But again, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. After seeing what I saw tonight, I think Britt wins. I do too. I think yeah. I think they they sh- they showed their hand way too early. Although, you know, this could be a very classic like AEW rug pulling us like because this is what they think will think, you know, and they're good at doing that. But uh, I'm just going to go with the chalk for now. Yeah, same. And uh, finally, I guess that means our main event uh, for the AEW World Championship, Adam Page versus Adam Cole. It's going to be Page. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Page, absolutely. Page. Um Probably a long match, probably a really close match, probably a match that shouldn't be that close. I think Adam Page should be beating Adam Cole worse than they're going to have it here. That's again, probably just goes back to my personal, like sort of thinking Adam Cole is kind of mid, um, but I do expect it to be a fine match. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but yeah. Give me Adam Cole. Yeah. I've said this. Uh, I've said this a couple of times. You know, Adam Page. I, I mean, I said Cole. Blah. Yeah. I, I've said this a couple of times. You know what? Adam Cole had, has great charisma. I really loved him on his appearance with, with Britt on, on Bourdain a few, you know, back in the day, um, you know, he's got charisma. He, he, he gets the crowd eating out of his palm, out of the palm of his hand. I think he's a really boring wrestler. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's like, and I think this is, goes back to that Minoru Suzuki quote from last year about um, guys that do everything like too well and too polished. Like he is very sound, right? Like he's a good executor at stuff, but none of that makes him particularly interesting to me. Yeah. In the ring. God, that Suzuki interview still, I, you know, I, he drops so much a, knowledge on that. But like, month, so much of that is like once a month, I go back and reread that interview. You like know? we've been talking throughout this entire podcast about like stuff that's going to be memorable that we're going to talk about later. But how about that interview? Like, I feel like there's so much there that like reverberates, like that we can learn from like just in pro wrestling history in general. Oh God. That, uh, was, that, guy that, is, that, that, that was the learning tree type interview. And you know, it was speaking of Suzuki uh, big match announcement for him. He's wrestling Effie at spring break. 
Yeah, I saw that. I, I saw that. Very excited. Did you see the did you see the New Japan anniversary show from yesterday? Nah. Um him his interactions with his former trainer, 72-year-old Yoshiaki Fujiwara, in the main event of the anniversary show was 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 great because Suzuki was just getting pissy with Fujiwara. It's like, you know, quit tra- trying to train me still, you know? That's fine. Motherfucker. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, was- shout out Misu. Hopefully we'll see you back across the forbidden door. But that is that's all the predictions, Jeff. Let's get out of here. Yeah, let's do this. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. Follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Thick Flare, and of course, twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. You can find me every Monday at either 11 or noon. We're going to figure out which time that's going to be totally going forward. Um, I'm experimenting with which time, start time I feel better with as we kind of evolve that show, but that's first contact. Um, every Monday, we're going to have, I got some guests coming up, some really fun stuff down the pipe. So do check that out as well. Follow this podcast at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. Uh, John and I released Busting Balls, episode 66 over the weekend, uh, in which we do a modern update of the greatest World Cup ad campaign of all time, the secret tournament from the 2002 World Cup. Uh, so give that. I'm really kind of proud of that one. So uh, please give that one a listen. Um, I have no idea what we're going to do regarding Revo- regarding Revolution because they put this on a Sunday as opposed to a Saturday. I am not able to podcast on uh on Sunday night after the show, and I am not able to do it on Monday or Tuesday either. So I don't know what well, we're folks, going to, I don't know what uh, we're don't going know. to do. I guess you just make sure that you uh, subscribe to Boom Goes the Dynamite on your favorite podcast feed and have all your notifications turned on so that whenever we put out a podcast about what, about this at some point, that you uh, it'll get in your feed. Yeah, I, I, follow I, us and you, we'll, we'll tell you. I, I I have a little thought of what we might be able to do, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see if we can make that actually all come together. Stay so. tuned to find out, dear listener. Uh, Paul, any last words before the revolution? Um. Same things I said last week. Turns out war still bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, fight war, not wars. And uh, yeah, we, we stand with the Ukraine on this one. So, all right. Uh, until next time, we'll see you next week. <laughs>